Welcome to the Fit Aviators Club podcast, where aviation, fitness, and mindset meet to improve the balance of your health and quality of life in aviation. This is your host, Fernando Contreras, and let's get to it. What's up, everybody? On today's episode, we'll be talking about hurricanes and the impact that it has on crew members while they're away in that home. Uh, this flood attendant video that's gone viral of them getting punched in the back of the head, which I think it's absolutely ridiculous uh, that things have escalated to that point. And then finally, a topic on exercise that might help you if you have lumbar area, lower back pain. I will share some great info with you that might just help you out and alleviate some of that pain. But before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Airfare Pouch. Listen, if you're looking for some healthy snacks on the go, Airfare curates and delivers healthy snacks to flight crews, travelers, and aviation business travelers. They've sourced more than 50 snacks from small businesses across America, and they pack it in this pouch that brings unbelievable health nutrition for you on the go. I specifically love this snack along other pilots and crew members because they're perfect for keeping you healthy on the line, in your hotel, and if you're stuck during a sit-in at an airport where you just can't get any healthy food. For me, it personally gives me a good balance in between satisfying that hunger until I can get to a main good meal, which I usually bring meal preps, or if I'm going to go eat out with the crew, at least I make sure until I get to do that, I have something healthy for me. So if it's your first time ordering airfare, listeners get 50% off their first customizable snack order by using the discount Fit Aviators Club at checkout and visit airfarepouch.com. As everybody knows, we are in hurricane season. That kind of starts from about, I believe, it's June all the way to November. You know, there's specific areas that are affected by this, uh, these hurricanes. And I didn't know this, but in September is actually the peak season because it's when the waters are the warmest. And we know that when the water is the warmest, it actually fuels the hurricane. It allows that, you know, convection to get more aggressive and it picks up strength. So in September, it's really, really giving more chances for not only for hurricanes to develop, but to also become stronger. So it is a bit of a scary moment here in um, in September with the recent hurricane Fiona that just passed and um, that, you know, t- took a pretty big impact on Puerto Rico. I just want to, you know, shout out out there that, you know, there are helping uh, companies and, and everything that you can help donate, you can help uh, either monetarily or with food, water, or anything like that. If you have the uh, opportunity, please participate. Please help those that are in in Puerto Rico going through another devastating hurricane. That is not only it's only been like three years or maybe a little bit less since that last uh, one. I can't remember the name of it, but it, it had a pretty big, pretty big impact in Puerto Rico as well. So hopefully everybody's there it can um, be able to get their stuff back up and running. Uh, you know, health is obviously a, a big concern there when there's flooding and, you know, there's injuries and everything like that. So in any way that people can get involved, I, I always uh, promote that and, and be able to help those that are that are in need. And, and now this hurricane that's forming, it's called uh, Hurricane Ian. And uh, that one's g- going through its path right now through uh, it's going to hit like the, the western part of Cuba and then kind of go up through the Gulf of Mexico and hit the west coast of Florida. But 
you know, that Gulf of Mexico area is what's getting really warm. And that's what's really going to intensify it. Right now, it's predicted that it's going to hit the upper west coast of Florida at a category four. But, you know, Floridians, we, we know very well that that stuff can change last minute all the time. And normally, and a lot of the times, people, you know, if there's a state of emergency issued or evacuation issued, sometimes people don't answer to those promptly because, you know, it could have a last minute change and then they they evacuated or did something for no reason. In my opinion, I don't know, I've lived there. I've lived there for over 20 years and, and, and I kind of do agree with sometimes like, should we or should we not? We kind of leave it till the last minute to kind of make our decision. But maybe that's not the smartest. Who knows? I, I think that the more ample time that you have, the better off you're going to be even just with groceries, with gas, it's crazy right now with grocery stores and gas, like the lines are are crazy and the hurricane is about like two or three days away. So, you know, at least people are preparing, that's that's really good. But um, we all know that, you know, what kind of devastation the, some of these hurricanes can create. And if you can give yourself ample time, you know, pl better play safe than sorry, then um, then I'm totally shifting my, mind, my mindset, you know, to that. I remember when I first moved to the United States, I think we got here, I don't know how to remember this, we got here on like a Wednesday, or Tuesday or Wednesday, back in uh, 20 something years ago, and then that Friday, a hurricane was coming, and we we had no idea, like we just heard it on the, on the radio, and I vividly remember my mom looking over at my dad uh, in the car, and she's like, shit, what are we going to do, like we just got here, we have no idea, like for a hurricane, how to prepare, what to do. Luckily, it did not. Uh, it, I think we got a little bit of it, but you know, nothing too too crazy. So that was kind of our first experience moving here to United States. I'm never gonna forget that. But yeah, as we've you know, as I've grown up in South Florida, I've seen you know some of these hurricanes come through. Uh, you know, I wasn't there for Hurricane Andrew. I mean, I was born, but I was born in Venezuela, so that you know obviously was one of the most devastating, the ones that have hit Florida, and. Um, you know, it just always stays in the back of your mind. You should always want to be prepared for that stuff. So, it, you know, it creates a certain amount of stress for crew members. And I didn't really experience this, obviously, until I got into the airlines. But, you know, you either stress because there's a hurricane coming and you want to prepare your house. You want to be fully loaded with all your, you know, uh, water, food. You want to make sure all your shutters are up or if you have impact windows, whatever. You want to make sure that that stuff is good if you're there. But what if you're not and you gotta fly. One, one, you could possibly get stuck somewhere and not make it home. And if your family's at home, then you're, the, the I mean, the stress level is a, a little bit higher, right? You can't help but to want to be there to be able to help and make sure everybody's good. Um, and then the other, the other part is, is if if you're if you're not stuck somewhere, but you're in the middle of a sequence and you're trying to come back, right? A lot of the airlines offer, you know, a lot of help that if you do need to come home and take care of everything, to to do it to do so. But you know. A lot of people are going to be doing that at once. So sometimes the commute to come in might be even harder. So that causes a lot of stress too. And so there's there's an unbelievable amount of factors that play into when a hurricane comes in a crew member's lifestyle, being there, not being there, you know, what to do. You you may want to leave. You know, what if you left? What if you back up your trips and you left like a week and a half prior this thing was even announced, right? And then your home's not prepared. And so those are just certain things that you're just going to have to play on the on the go. Like, you know, if you're in the middle of a trip, you're going to 
you're gonna have to come back if if that's what you, you know if your house requires that or or if you're gonna supply or if your family's there but i know for sure that uh, you know for this one i'm i may i'm not gonna be there because i'm in training but it, there's still that little thing that little you know stress in the back of your mind saying you know you know my girlfriend's back there my family's back there like i i, I want to be there just in case like if it gets bad enough definitely i'll go um, but you know, it's very hard to make the decision and want to interrupt your training because your training is, you know, you're going so smooth. The captain that I'm with is, is awesome. We have great chemistry together going through this training and I would hate to break that, but you know, there's obviously something more serious at home that's pending. And I know that the training department and the chief pilots and everything are very, very willing for you to just make sure you and your family are okay first. And then you know, proceed with training or, or going back out to the line if you if you need to. So that's something that puts, I think, a lot of pilots at ease, uh, depending on the airline that you're with. If your management is, uh, you know, like that, to, to just make sure that they know, that you know that you, they have your back in terms of, you know, family and security and everything is first, you know, then then come do your, your job. And because we want you to do your job the best of your abilities, we don't want you to be doing your job stressed out your mind being somewhere else because that can create potential dangers right when we're flying so there's a lot of, a lot of things going on that that helps with this stress and and quite frankly you know these are some things that you're not in control of and a lot of people comfort is is one of the quickest ways to get comfort is through being in control of something and now there's healthy healthy ways and unhealthy ways of being in control of something but if we know that we can have some sort of influence of, of on that control, then then we feel a little bit more comfortable. You know, um, I'll give you a, a very basic example. If you left without preparing your house for something that could potentially happen, you're going to be a little bit more stressed out than if you have prepared your house. Nobody's going to be there, but you prepared it in case something bad is going to happen. You were able to control a little bit more of that situation. The situation's never going to be 100% controllable. You have an influence at best when you are trying to control things. Remember, influence and control are two different, completely different things. And the way you influence something to have control of something can either go positively or negatively. So you kind of need to also keep in mind how much of an influence of your actions you are you are posing upon this control that you're trying to have because at the end of the day we we really really cannot be in control of everything and if we try to be in control of everything then we're just going to get stressed out and we're going to be working we're going to feel like we're working against what our mind is thinking all the time like not working against but you're working harder and when things don't fall in line then you feel like your whole world is coming apart so with that being said Sometimes it's a little bit easier to take that big picture and then just look at the portions that you could have some sort of influence in controlling. Um, remember, it also helps to think what resources are available to you because one of the biggest things in to be successful at any un, like unprecedented uh, situation is your ability to be resourceful. That's going to be your biggest asset in you to find a successful way to something and you know being resourceful meaning you know what are my options at work what are my options at home what are my options to to uh, evacuate what are my options to whatever it is just try not to think about just one possible outcome 
evacuate or not. No, there's there's more and more. There's more outcomes. Obviously, if the situation gets that bad, you're gonna obviously evacuate. But they're 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 the point of being resourceful is to be able to broaden that scope and think of other things that may cause less stress and have you more in control of those smaller things to eventually um, not feel so stressed out and have a more successful outcome. So that's just, it's just kind of like taking the, the little things and knowing what you can control and what you can't and being okay with what you can't. And uh, that's going to help a little bit less with less stress, but it's much easier said than done, but it helps when you apply those things, especially if you're out on the road um, and you will, can't for some reason can't make it back so um just remember there's also you know you can also reach out to people who are who are around your area too you know that's why having a great circle or a great group of friends that are in your area is really really helpful um the community of flight attendants and pilots is also helpful among with each other throughout all the airlines not not just not just necessarily the group in one airline um and i think that that's very important for crew members to you should be helpful in whether you're a crew member or not, okay? You should be there for your community. I think it's it's a great thing because you never know who's going through something that may need help in something. But even if you're a crew member, it's even more, you understand more. You understand more of that lifestyle. And uh, I think that a lot of that crew member to crew member helping thing has has kind of lost its way throughout a, a bunch of years. From And this is from hearing stories from back in the day till what I'm experiencing now, um, just remember, just just be there for each other. I think it's uh, it goes a long way. It could create great friendships, solidify even uh, friendships more than they are now, and uh, it's just a nice, very genuine thing to just be there for for those people who who are you know around your community. So moving on, there is a ver- a viral flight attendant video of them getting punched in the back of the head by a passenger. Now, I I really don't like to talk about, you know, things that happen with passengers, but this this situation is a, is is highly unacceptable. Um and nobody no matter what the situation is, nobody should be hit blindsided and two nobody should be hit at all no matter how bad the situation is. And you know, physical contact is unacceptable, but we, I, I start thinking, well, why, why are people becoming more and more and more and more aggressive? And, you know, I, I think it also, it has to do with not, it may not be them, their fault specifically. A lot of the things, a lot of the behavior of humans are often affected by their surroundings and what the trend is happening around them. So the social media, the instant gratification, the, the, you know, the having it my way or, and, and that's it kind of thing, kind of mentality. It's when, when all those things line up for them not to go the way that somebody wants them to, it, it leads to a shorter temper, it leads to a shorter, um, you know, not, not, not shorter, but just not thinking before you act. You know, I don't remember back in the day a crew member getting getting hit. And we've seen this also with gate agents. We've seen this all around the airport in between passengers themselves. And um, I just feel like, you know, the airport used to be a place where everybody is just, you know, I mean, it still is. But now you, you, you walk through the airports and you're like, well, what can happen this time? What, what fight's going to break out or what, what, who's going to be caught yelling? And the thing is, is that, that 
instant gratification of like having your problem solved instantly. Nobody is that magical. Uh, like not even if you're like the CEO, you can't, what if there's a problem that you can't instantly fix right there and then, you know, you, you, people have to be more understanding of, okay, I have a situation, I have a problem. Is this person at the uh, doing things at their best ability to help me? And if they're not, because sometimes that does happen in any industry that happens, somebody may not be able to help you at the best of their abilities. Is it their, their fault? Sometimes. Is it not their fault? Sometimes too. Maybe they're limited in the amount of things that they can do and they may need to get somebody else. You, it, the way you go about resolving an issue is going to really predict or is really going to determine the result of that outcome. If you go out about trying to resolve an issue in a poor manner, your issue is not going to get resolved. So you might as well, you're just wasting time. You're wasting everybody's time and you're creating a scene. But if you take into matters into consideration, okay, what's going on around me? What's, what the issue is? Can this person help me? Can this person not? Who can I get to that could help me? Is my situation even helpful like in a certain amount of time that, I, that I'm thinking that it could be um, achieved in? And th I feel like that thinking is not there anymore for a lot of people. And again, I'm not just saying in aviation, I'm saying in, in a lot of places, places because I, it's just things that you see. Yeah, social media, maybe it's happened a lot before and social media is now like really delivering everything that's been happening. So maybe it's not a new thing and, may, and maybe we're just getting exposed to it now through social media. But if it wasn't, like, it's, I, I just feel like maybe getting upset, I understand getting upset at a, at a situation not getting resolved, but to yell at somebody or to, you know, to become aggressive and then have physical contact on somebody when probably the issue wasn't even their fault. I don't know what happened in this video for that person to attack that flight attendant like that. But man, I just, I just think it's not, it's not acceptable. And who knows? I don't really know what the, what the consequences are going to be for, for that passenger. But it's just something that, that, that person has to understand that you can't go about things that way, you know? Punching somebody in the back of the head is gonna make issues a whole lot worse, and that got me into thinking. You know, my girlfriend's a flight attendant, and then you know, what what would I think if if that was her? You know, my girlfriend always tries to help everybody at the best of her abilities, but when there's something that she literally she can't, because we're like she's they're probably flying in the air, and the person needs something done on the ground. I, I don't know, and she literally can't like. I imagine if somebody were to just stand up and hit her, that's not, that's not the way traveling is supposed to be like. Traveling was not that way before. And it just amazes me. It, it really amazes me at, at how things are turning, coming out to be. And I just, I just really hope that people just take a second, breathe, think what the issue, what the situation is, because you may have even better control than the person that's helping you to resolve that issue because if you become resourceful and you and, and if you work together with a person that's trying to help you out, you are going to most likely accomplish to resolve that issue. But then again, that's just my way of thinking. You know, not everybody has that same way of thinking. I'm not um, telling everybody to, you know, think this way or, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinions and their own ways of thinking. But these are, these are just things that I see as from a human behavioral standpoint and, um, I just figured I'd, I'd share. One of the other things that I thought too is like, well, what if you're not revving? What if you're not revving and you see that happen? What would you do? Would you would you 
step in, intervene, do something, say something? Would you help out the flight attendant? Would you, you know, would you try to intervene if the situation escalates? You know what? In this situation, it is specific from the from the time of impact and then the the passenger getting away from the flight attendant. You, I, you know, I, what would you do? What would you do? I have my own personal opinion on that. Um, I definitely would intervene. I don't care if it's a same airline or other airline or whatever. Even if it's a passenger, I would intervene because it's a great area for a crew member to intervene. But my values and beliefs are to just not see anybody get hurt or de-escalate a situation that could be de-escalated verbally. If it does get physical, then you may have to intervene by not letting the physicality become even more. You don't necessarily have to engage in physical activity. And now, if you're doing something in self-defense, that's different. But you know, if if you see somebody that's that's getting hit and you're not going to intervene, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go about things that way. I would intervene in a, in a in an area in a, in a sorry in a place where it's a gray area. I, hopefully, I won't get in trouble. But I'm not going to see somebody get beat up or or get hit without in, intervening and helping out what 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 the situation just happened. At the end of the day, you are a crew member. These are people that you work with, and and you would want the the people to do the same for you. If you were get if you were to get caught up on that, if I got hit, if I got hit and nobody got up, and I see that there's crew members, I'd be honestly I'd be disappointed. I'd be pretty disappointed in in how people just because you don't want to cross that gray area. I totally get that. You know, it's 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 the job. But there there are ways that you could intervene without kind of costing your job. I don't know. Those are my, that's my opinion. That's that's just what I would think. Um, again, like I said before, everybody's entitled to their own thing, their own actions, and that's totally totally fine. One of the most beautiful things about humans is that we're all different, and 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 learning about why people make certain decisions is is rather mature than just thinking that there's only one way of thinking. So, um, but that's that's my my opinion. So now moving on to exercise, I've been having some serious lower back pains for about like two months, and as ever since we got back from. Um, our trip in the Balkan countries, and there was a lot of hiking involved. Before this time, I I was really exercising my glutes just to get them very nice and strong, the glute medius specifically, because that really helps with with your posture while sitting. And when I went when we went hiking, went on this on these trips, I wasn't working out my glutes as much. Yeah, you do work them out while you hike, but it's more of a quadricep and hamstring dominant movement while you are hiking. And so I felt like maybe my glutes maybe got a, a little bit weak. And then I also have very tight hips. And these very tight hips is obviously from sitting a lot. And then I naturally have natural, uh, very tight hip flexors, which makes the situation totally, totally worse. And so you combine with weak glute medius and weak glutes or weaker, and then a overtight front part of your hips, your hip flexors, you are now pulling, creating muscular imbalances for your lower back to start hurting. More specifically, in my case, it was the QL, which that QL connects from like the bottom of your ribs to the top of your hips. And it kind of helps like stretch and contract. And if there's a muscular imbalance and that muscle muscle is affected, you're going to get some pain. And the pain might run all the way from like the bottom of your ribs to all to your hip and all the way down to your ankle through the TFL and all the way down there. So that specific muscular imbalance, 
you know, I was like, okay, these are my, the ways that I'm going to hit it. I'm going to reinforce my glutes. I tried that. Didn't work. Okay. Flexibility on the opposite side. So the adductor muscles, so the inner parts of your thighs, those are adductor muscles. I would stretch them and also strengthen my glutes. That still wasn't working. So I was like, okay, well, now I really need to think about what is it that I'm doing that's positioning me to be in this situation where I'm having this lower back pain because of my overtight hips and it's not going away with all the methods that I just tried, reinforcing my glutes and stretching out the other muscles that could possibly bring that hip back into, into its good place. And I finally figured out that when I sleep, I'm a side sleeper, I would get the knees touching each other and that would put my pelvis in an anterior rotation and that's what would cause me to wake up every single day with lower back pain and so I tried the pillow in between the knees that still wasn't working and I'm like come on what's going on so finally I uh, was looking through some YouTube videos and they're all saying the same thing you got to sleep you know with a pillow in between and I'm like oh man I don't know so I I, I went through to, to physical therapists to get their opinion. And I did some glute mead and glute activation techniques to kind of fire the glutes back up and they were firing just fine. And then one day I went back to go do some deadlifts and I asked uh, a personal trainer to the gym that I go to that I've known him for a really, really long time. He was actually the first person to hire me in a gym facility and I've just known him for a real long time. I really trust his opinion and I said, hey, can you watch my form while I do this deadlift. I feel like I have a compensation on my hip to be able to feel like I'm symmetrically doing this exercise correct. So we start talking and he says, no, your, your, your form is good. You're not using your lower back, you're using your glutes. Um, you step a little bit this way, but that's fine because you're compensating for that as long as it feels okay, and it did. But he had the same issue too and where he had the same problem, the same pain. And it was the exact symptoms that I was experiencing. He said, look, I started sleeping on my back with my feet elevated. And I had tried that too, but he's like, you have to really elevate your feet. Like your knees are probably almost at a 90 degree angle. Like he exaggerated a little bit, but he's like, you just want your lower back to relax as much as it can. You want those muscles to turn off. And the way muscles turn off is by you stretching out that muscle. And then when that muscle stretched out for a certain amount of time, mostly 30 seconds or more, your reflex of your central nervous system and your muscular system are your it's kind of like telling your body it's like hey i'm not reflexing to contract back from this stretched out position it's it's now a stretched position in which i want to maintain so that my muscles can relax and if your muscles relax for a certain amount of time they usually become dormant and that's when they're at their most relaxed state so if you sleep in that for six seven eight hours Yes, you're relaxing the muscles in your lumbar area. That's great. And then I, so I did that and I woke up and I felt like a complete new person. I was like, wow, the pain is gone. But I don't fully trust that. Like I don't fully trust something that the pain is gone overnight like that because it, I, I just understand how the body works. So I haven't gone back to sleeping on the side. But what I've been doing is the post exercises while also sleeping in that position as well. What I mean by that is that at the gym, I when I go work out, I work on still reinforcing my glutes and stretching my hips, stretching my adductors, so that my hip, which was able to go into a better posture because of my sleep, doesn't go back to the pain, the painful position that I've been having for a couple months. 
And that is the key for you to have long-term results. Just one thing is most likely not going to fix it. There needs to be a, a fix and then corrective exercises done after that to maintain that new position that's gonna keep you pain-free. Now, this is just to a certain extent, like there's people who their backs may be so jacked up that they may need some surgery. And I actually had a client who did, and he, in his case, he did feel let zero pain from literally one day to the other. And it doesn't, and it hasn't come back because his was surgically corrected. And, you know, I, before he went into that, I was like, hey, you know, you know, back surgeries, like I've always heard that they're, you know, it's a, kind of risky. Um, but for his specific situation, it was a very low risk. The doctor was really, really good. And it was in an area that was also very low risk too. So that kind of helped his situation out a little bit. But in mine, where I necessarily don't need a surgery to be able to fix this just by, you know, the simple theory of extent or stretching on one side, strengthening on the other to fix a correction. It's kind of like trimming an airplane. And I've said this before in another episode, you know, you know, in order for you to get the best, you know, efficiency out of your plane with less drag, you trim it. And so that the oscillation stops so that you have um, the, min the minimum drag and be able to fly more efficiently you trim the aircraft so that it's in that position and you constantly don't have to. If you were to constantly having to correct these things, that's what that's what your body is is trying to do. It's basically you're you're out of trim, so your body's in a in a in a place where it doesn't like to be. You get pain, so you got to retrim that. And, and you retrimming is you working on those exercises or those flexibilities and then so that so your body or that airplane can now stay in that new trim position but you, your body has to have repetitive movements of those corrective exercises to be able to hold that trim position because if not it's going to go right back to that position that it was at that was giving you pain so you get the point you get the point of it's not just one thing that's going to help it's going to fix everything you have to follow it up with certain techniques and that stuff is is really going to help out Another thing that can help out is getting massages or self myofascial techniques. So myofascial techniques is you get like a foam roller or you can get a lacrosse ball and you massage these areas that you feel tightness in. And the proper way to do it is that you kind of get the ball or get the foam roll and you start rolling it in areas that are a little tight in your body. When you hit that spot where it's a little bit more tight than the rest of the areas, you hold at that spot and you leave that pressure there and hold that pressure for 30 seconds or more. Then once the 30 seconds are up, you kind of release the pressure, get moving around other areas in your body or around that area that are might be, be might, <laughs> might be tight as well. And um, you do the same process again, 30 seconds on that area. And then slowly you kind of hit all those spots, but you, ha you, you don't just do this once. You probably have to do this every day so that you have this, tightness kind of have some relief and eventually it'll just go away that you don't have to keep doing that every single day right so you know if you're going through that uh, lower back pain try it try that and see if it works you know sleep with your feet elevated sometimes you may have to double up or triple up I had to triple up on pillows so that I felt enough elevation in in complete relaxation in my lower back you may need to do the same as well maybe your pain is not as bad so you may need to do double stack but either way, double stack or triple stack, sleep with the feet elevated, maybe that'll help. Work on your flexibility on the inner thighs and hips, strengthen those glutes, and then you will see that over time, your hip is gonna get into a position that it's not going to cause that muscular imbalance 
as well. So I hope that helps. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It went a little bit longer than I thought, but I just had a bunch of things to say. Check out Airfare Pouch. That company is honestly so amazing. I've known the owners for quite some time. We've had a working relationship uh, with Fit Aviators Club and Airfare Pouch for almost about four years now. So I think that their company is truly fantastic. They're their values and beliefs are, you know, amazing and what they provide is amazing. So check them out, get some snacks. I use them all the time. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.